There's a story about a man who was hiking out west, and uh, he was on a trail, and he was turning a corner to this trail, and when he turned uh, the corner to the trail, he noticed a large grizzly bear in the distance. Immediately when he saw the bear, he stopped, and he did the only thing that he knew uh, how to do. He prayed, and he said, Lord, I pray that that grizzly bear is a Christian bear. When he said amen, he looked up and he saw the grizzly bear begin to charge him. And as the bear was charging him, right before he got to the man, the bear stopped. He stood up on his hind legs and lifted up his front paws to heaven and said, Dear Lord, thank you for this food I'm about to eat. Apparently, the man got what he had hoped for. Uh, I don't know if there's ever been a time in your life when you have felt the need to pray Uh, But all of us, probably at one point in our lives, have felt that desire. We think to ourselves, even if we are not natural prayers, even if that uh, causes us to ask questions and wrestle with, does God hear my prayers and does he respond to my prayers and how should I be, how should I, or how can I know what to pray about? There certainly are times in life when we know uh, that that we must uh, pray. And I, I believe that this Uh, is one of those times. We are in the middle of a series called One Another. We really believe at Christ's point that we want God to use us to point others and ourselves to Jesus. And one of the ways that he does that is by uh, allowing us to experience authentic community. Uh, The New Testament paints a picture for for what that looks like uh, by offering up all these one another statements. And so we've talked about loving one another. We've talked about encouraging one another and bearing with one another. Last week, we talked about greeting one another. This morning, I want us to think together about praying for one another. What does it look like uh, for us to pray for one another? And I kind of want to give us a big picture of prayer in the New Testament and remind you and remind me uh, why it is so important for us uh, to pray for one another. The first reason why it's so important that we pray for one another is because uh, we are not in control. We are not in control. I know uh, we love to be in control. We love to be able to call the shots. We love to orchestrate life in such a way that uh, things kind of play out the way that we want them to. Uh, But I don't know if you've ever had an experience before, but uh, if you haven't, it will happen to you. Uh, You will be reminded that you are not in control. You're not in control. It happens all the time. Uh, James chapter 4 verse 13 says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Uh, What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, uh, we will live and do this or that. Early in the year, I like to plan out my year as much as possible. I'll think about sermon series, and I'll think about um, where we're headed as a church. The elders will uh, get together, we'll discuss these things, we'll put together uh, our plan, and there's this part of me where I look at uh, my little calendar, and I think to myself, oh, James, (laughs) you do not know what tomorrow holds. My life changes in an instant. A phone call, a 
text message, a conversation. Uh, we are not in control. And so James reminds the church we should operate in such a way where, where we say and believe, if the Lord wills, we will go here or we will uh, go there and do that. Right? We should be a people of prayer and we should pray for one another because we're not in control. We're not calling the shots, but God is. Uh, we should also pray because we are weak. You are weak, and I am weak. I know that's not a message that sells. Uh, we love to talk about our strength. Uh, we love to, to think about uh, attaining or gaining power, right, of, of being in control, of being able to fix things that are broken. And yet oftentimes when we read the Bible, uh, we are reminded that we are not strong, but we are weak. And it is in our weakness uh, that God shows his strength. Have you had times in your life before where you've realized, where you've experienced, where you have felt your weakness? If you haven't yet, I guarantee you, uh, you will. Uh, Paul says, for the sake of Christ, then, I am content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, uh, then I am strong. So we should pray for ourselves and we should pray for one another because we're not in control and we're not calling the shots in life and we are not strong, uh, but we are weak. We should also pray for ourselves and for one another because apart from God, uh, we can do nothing. Apart from God, we can do nothing. This is uh, John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, uh, you can't do a whole lot. <laughs> Actually, it says, apart from me, uh, you can do nothing. And the, the things that we want to see and experience as the people of God uh, cannot happen unless God moves and acts. Right? Scripture says that, that we can do nothing apart from God. Right? Unless God builds the house, the labors uh, build in vain. Right? And so, so we need God to work in us and among us to do a good work in and through us. But we can't do it apart from God. I remember having a conversation recently uh, with a mother who said to me in a hospital room, James, for the longest time, I thought that I needed God to simply help me. But now I see that I just need I think more often than not, we live life in such a way that we think to ourselves, occasionally, I just need God to help me. Like, I'll take care of a large percentage of my life, and when I get to the point where I can't do it anymore, if God could simply swoop in and help me right now, uh, then I will be okay. Uh, I, I think about what it's like if you were a, a teenage boy back in the day, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but teenage boys, when they exercise, um, they, they do the bench press, right? And they do curls, right? Chest and biceps, all they care, that's all they care about. And oftentimes a teenage boy will get on the, uh, the bench and he'll put a, like a bunch of weight on the bar, like 115 pounds, 125 pounds, right? Because they're just starting off and uh, there'll, there'll be a buddy who is spotting him, who will stand over him, and he'll put his hand on the bar, and, and the guy laying down on his back uh, will say, give me a liftoff. 
right? Help lift this heavy weight off the bar. And so he'll lift the heavy weight off the bar, and that teenage boy will just start pounding out reps, right? He throws up that weight one, two, three times, and then he realizes he's not that strong. And so he begins to struggle, right? He begins to push the bars as hard as he can up in the air, and he'll get another rep, and then he brings it back down again, but then he gets to the point where he can't get it off his chest, Right? And so he'll begin to everything within him, and he'll get it up about two to three inches. Right? And what he needs is help from his buddy. And so his buddy will reach down underneath the bar and lift it up and give him a spot. And if you've ever had that happen to you before, what happens is your buddy will lift the weight off your chest, put it back on the rack, and the guy on the bench will look up and will say, like, how much did you help me? Did you have to help me a lot? Or did I, did I get most of that? Right, because it felt like I got most of that. You didn't get most of it. Right, you got to the point where you couldn't do anything more. Like, you needed help. But, but oftentimes we operate in such a way that we think to ourselves, I'll do most of it, and then just, just get me past that one little point. But I got it. Right, Scripture does not paint that kind of picture for us. Scripture paints a picture for us that, that we are weak and that God is strong, and we need him to help us. We can do nothing apart from him. And so pray to God. Pray for each other because we're not in control. We are weak, and apart from God, we can do nothing. And then uh, fourthly, pray because you have access to God. You have access to the living God of the universe. That is amazing. It's amazing. Uh, scripture says that you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You, like the body of Christ, we are priests, which means we have access to God. That's, that's not how things went and how uh, people operated in the Old Testament. You would go to the temple, you would go to the priest. The priest, once a year, could offer a sacrifice in the Holy of Holies. Right? They had access to God. There was a veil between God and the people. Uh, Jesus like, tore that veil and gave us access to him. So you don't have to go through someone else to get to God. Right? We, we go through Jesus. Through Jesus, by the power of the Spirit. Right? So... so People with a, a theology degree or, or pastors or, or the super spiritual in our mind, like they don't, they don't have access to God that you don't have. Right? So when, when people say to me, hey, James, like when you're, when you're talking to the, the big man upstairs, like put in a good word for me. And I want to be like, you put in a good word for you. Like, you put in a good word for you. You have access to the living God. You have access to your Father. Anytime you want it, you have it. Uh, once a week, I'll call my parents because I'm doing my best to be a good son. And oftentimes, when I'm in the car, I'll call up my mom when I'm going to a meeting. 
I'll say hello, but I've gotten in this routine lately of calling my parents on Monday nights. It's the night that my oldest son has soccer, and so I drive him and a couple buddies down to East Charlotte, and I drop him off. He has practice at 6 o'clock in the evening. And so I think to myself, what a fine time to call my parents, 6 o'clock in the evening. So I'll drop Cademan off at soccer, and I'll call my parents. And my dad uh, always picks up the phone, and he says, James, like, we're eating dinner. We're eating dinner. Like, what, like, why are you calling now? And I'm like, why don't you want to talk to your boy? And he's like, this is, not, this is not a good time for us. And the first time he told me that, I thought, okay. And so then the next Monday, I called him at 6 o'clock just for giggles. <laughs> I was like, hey, are you guys eating? And he's like, yep. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Like, but, but I just wanted to call him. I wanted to call him. And even though he said to me, James, this is not a good time uh, for us. Do you know that the God of the universe never says to you, you know, this is not a good time for me. Rough day. Rough day. I just want some alone time right now. Right? If you could, if you just give me some time, I'll get back. He never says that. He says, you, you come to me. Like, you come. Now was a great time. Now was a great time. And so we, we come to God in prayer for ourselves and for others because we have access to the God of the universe. That should blow you away. Right, so how, reasons to pray, how, uh, how do I pray or who should I pray uh, for? How should I go about this? Well, um, I'm kind of getting to the point in life where I just feel like you should pray for everything. Just pray. Just pray for everything. Philippians 4, 6. Uh, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is not just like a cute coffee cup verse. Right? This is how we live life as the people of God. We, we um, should not be anxious about anything, but in everything, like in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So pray about everything. And I mean like everything. But if, you are, if you are lonely and your heart is broken, then come to the Lord and say, God, I am lonely and my heart is broken. If, if you are stressed to the max and you are trying everything you can just to hold it together, go to the Lord and say, God, I am stressed to the max and, and I am doing everything I can to hold it uh, together. If your husband is driving you nuts and he is not affectionate towards you and does not give you the words that you need or that you want to receive, like take it to the Lord. Say, God, I, I, I want this. I desire this. If your wife doesn't encourage you, go to the Lord and say, God, I, man, I, I want this. I feel like I need this. I, I, I want to tell you he knows already if you're confused or you're sick or you're depressed or you're apathetic or you are weary like, pray about it. If you're a student and you're trying to figure things out and you hate going to school because you feel alone, you think that your friends don't understand you, or maybe you think, I don't have friends, and you're awkward and you're trying to figure things out, like, tell God about it. Say, this stinks. God, I, I don't like going. I'm mad at my parents. They don't get me. They keep on saying, when I was a kid, and it drives me nuts. Like, just tell the Lord. Like, tell, tell God, pray about everything. Here's something I've been praying about uh, lately. And a moment of transparency, take it with a grain of salt, but um, 
this may sound silly to you, but uh, the other month I, I published this little devotional book, right? And one of my goals last year was to, to write a book, and so um, I went away. I put together this little devotional book, and at the end of December, it, I published the book, and it went out. And, um, and it's weird uh, because I, I'm finding that I'm having a hard time telling people about it. It's just weird. Because I didn't go into marketing. I went into ministry. Right? And so I'm not like, you know, that reminds me. Have you read my book? Right? Like, that's just weird to me. Like, I don't want to hawk the gospel. God didn't, God didn't create me necessarily to be a best-selling author, which I'm finding to be true. <laughs> if you're interested in the numbers, I'll give them to you after the service. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think it's helpful. I think it's helpful. I don't think it's terrible. Like, like some people have kindly told me, and I think they're shooting straight with me, like, James, this is, this is pretty good. Other ministries have gone, hey, can you, can you do something for it? Can we, can we use some of this? Can we, can we share this? And, and so I, I have this, this thing in my heart where I'm going, God, I want so desperately for you to use this. I don't want it to be wasted. I want you to grow your people. I want them to read it and grow to know you more. And simultaneously, I'm thinking to myself, I don't, I don't want to just sell books. And so what do I do? Oftentimes, I sit back and I have that internal conversation with myself. And I go, oh, I want it to be helpful, but I don't want to just sell books. And so you know what I do? I go, God, <laughs> hello, like God, this is your deal. Right? And so if you want to use it in people's hearts and lives, then do it for your name's sake. And if you don't, like, that's fine, too. Like, it's your deal. Right? And, and if, if there's something in me that needs to be corrected or chiseled away, then I'm like, God, like, do it. And so pray about everything. Pray about, pray about the things that you don't feel like you should pray about or can't pray about. God already knows. He never says, what? He knows already. Pray about everything, your desires, your wants, your struggles, your confusion, your fear, your temptation. Uh, pray about it. Pray about everything and pray uh, for everyone. Pray for everyone. Um, the most effective and helpful thing you can do for your brothers and your sisters that, are you, that you are sitting next to uh, this morning is to pray for them. Like to, to go before the God of the universe and to speak their name and say, God, you know what they need. I, I pray that you would work in their hearts and in their lives. God answers prayer, so pray uh, for everyone. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Right? Pray uh, for one another. So what happens when we pray? We've thought about why we should pray. Uh, we've talked a little bit about praying for uh, praying about everything and everyone. So what happens uh, when we pray? This is really cool. This is what happens when we pray. God hears and answers our prayers. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. 
we pray about stuff and God hears and answers our prayers. 1 Peter 3.12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his eyes are open to their prayer. Like God, God hears and he responds. He doesn't always respond right when we want him to or, or in the way that we want him to in that moment, but he hears and responds to our prayers. Nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is too big for him. Nothing is beyond him. So God hears and answers prayers. And so why, why wouldn't we pray? That seems to make sense. Think about a time right now. Think about a time when God answered a prayer that you prayed. Think about a time where God answered a prayer that you prayed. It could be something big or something small. Think about it right now. And just give, just give them thanks in your seat right now. Just say, God, thank you. It was small. Maybe it was seemingly huge and massive. But God answers prayers. He, he does it all the time. We should pray because God hears and answers our prayers. Uh, we should pray because when we pray, uh, God heals God, God heals. God doesn't always heal the way that uh, we want him to in that moment. We have stories. We, we have stories in our lives when we prayed for God to heal someone or to work in a particular way, and, and it didn't go that way. We could go around every person this morning, and they would have a story like that. However, there are times when, when God miraculously heals his people in unexpected ways because of the people of God pray. Is anyone among you sick, James says in James 5? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. This is a way that um, you were, you're kind of set apart. And so set him apart. Pray in the name of the Lord, James says, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Maybe you hear that and you think to yourself, well, little old me, like, I mean, God's not going to do anything if little old me prays. No, Scripture says, for the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, meaning he was a a person, (laughs) Like a a real person, like you and me. He was a human being. Had struggles like you and and me. And it says, God heard his prayer. He prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Doesn't that blow you away? It's like all of these people moved to Phoenix now. (laughs) And they're like, don't let it rain, Lord, and it doesn't rain. I mean, that happened. That happened. That, that happened. Doesn't that blow you away? God, God heals, so, so as a church, we should, we should pray for one another. When, when we're sick and we're ill and we're facing something that we don't understand or we can't figure out or when the diagnosis looks dire, like we, should, we should pray for one another. Pray and ask the the Lord to heal. Like he does that. Over the course of the last couple months, I've talked to multiple people in our church family uh, who who God has has just healed in like an unusual way. Like someone was saying, hey, my my wrist was bothering me for a while and it was irritating me. And I was like, I guess I gotta go to the doctor and get it checked out. And then he was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. Like I'm crazy, but I'm gonna pray and see, and see what God decides to do. And he says, I prayed and like almost immediately, 
<laughs> like, my wrist felt better. And someone who said, like, I had anxiety in my heart for, like, over a year. And, like, one day, God just took it away. I mean, that, you can look at that and just go, well, you know, it was, what are the chances, you know? Or you could go, no, like, God, God heard prayers, and he saw fit to, to heal in those moments. So, so we, we pray because God answers prayers. We pray because God heals. We pray because God will open doors for the gospel. Colossians 4, 3, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am a prisoner. If you want to see the gospel go forth, if you want to see it spread and go out, like pray that, that God would cause it to spread and go out. Like God delights in those kinds of prayers. So when you think about our church or our community or our city or our state or the world, like pray like God open up a door uh, for us, for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. And God will delight in answering those kinds of prayers. Pray also because God grows us. Um, Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 say, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. It seemed like Paul made this connection between our spiritual growth and prayer. Isn't that crazy? Like when we pray for one another that God would grow us and grow our hearts, God listens to those prayers and he answers them. And so when we look and see and interact with our brothers and sisters and we walk away, go, geez, man, I thought he, he's got some work to do. Like, like pray for him. Pray that God would work in his heart. If you come across someone and you have a conversation with her and you just go, man, I, there's some immaturity there. And I just, I, like, pray for her. Say, God, do, do a work in her heart, right? So those are just a handful of reasons that we should pray. God hears and answers our prayers. God uh, heals us when we pray. The, the gospel goes out when uh, we pray. God grows us when we pray. And so let me talk real quickly three things um, that help us in our prayers. Three, three things that help us in our prayers are three ways that we uh, can pray. The first is to pray in faith, uh, to pray in faith. And what I mean by that is not some like, like hocus-pocus thing that you see on television. I'm saying like, like pray in such a way that you believe that the God of the universe can actually hear and answer your prayers, that he can actually do what it is you're asking him to do. When I was in seminary, Dr. Robert Pine was my theology professor. Dr. Pine had a son by the name of Steve. Uh, Steve had Down syndrome, and oftentimes Dr. Pine would come into class and share stories about his son Steve. He would work out with him. He would hang out with him. Wherever he went, it was like Steve was by his side. Uh, one day, Dr. Pine told us a story about a time that he took his son Steve fishing. So they loaded up their tackle box and their fishing poles in the truck, and they went to a little local pond or lake to go fishing. And they looked up in the sky and noticed that that didn't look too great, like the clouds were kind of moving in. But Steve loved to fish, and he had his heart set on fishing. 
So Dr. Pine took him out to the pond, and he got his, uh, his tackle box and his poles out, and they walked to the water's edge, and he put the worm uh, on the hook and got the poles ready. And just as they were about uh, to throw the hook out into the water, literally the skies opened, and it started to pour. So Dr. Pine grabs his pole, and he grabs his tackle box, and closes the lid and hooks it up and turns around and begins to walk back uh, to the truck. But he notices as he's walking back to the truck that his son Steve uh, is not walking by his side. And so he turns around and he looks back to the pond and he notices his son Steve, who had Down syndrome, uh, go up to the water's edge and to throw his hands up uh, to heaven and say, Stop! Man, he actually believed. Uh, that, that God controlled the wind and the waves. That if God saw fit, he could make the rain stop. And so his son, like, prayed in just the faith of a child going, God, like, I believe that you can do this. I think back to my life when I was a little kid, the things I prayed for. I look at now and I was like, James, that's not how life works. He's not going to fix that. He's not going to change that. They're not going to get better. Like, because you get older and you get a little cynical. At least you can. And there are times in my life when I look back and I think about the things that I prayed for or prayed about, and I think to myself, man, I miss that little boy. Like, I miss that little boy that just believed that God would move and act. Right? And so God wants us to pray in such a way that we have faith, that we believe he can do what we ask him to do. And so we should pray in faith. We should pray according to his will. 1 John 5, verse 14, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This is not a cop-out for prayer. It's not like, hey, I know, God, you're not going to do anything, but I'm just going to attach if it's your will at the end so God's covered and we don't feel bad about it. No, it's us going like, God, like your, your will's best. Like the little story that I dreamed up for my life, that I did, like, that, like God knows what's best for me. He knows what's best for you. And so pray according to his will. And then lastly, pray uh, God's word. Pray in faith, pray God's will, and pray God's word. One of the things that I've tried to do in my prayer life uh, is to, to take the word of God and, and attach it uh, to my prayers and praying for God's people. All right, and so uh, even, even this last week, I, caught a, I thought of a, a couple folks who were uh, facing some significant uh, medical concerns and just some scary situations in life. And so I thought to myself, Isaiah 41.10, Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so I, I sent a text, and I just said, Man, I'm, I'm like, I'm praying this for you. I'm praying that you would not be afraid, that you would not be dismayed, that you would know that God is your God, that God will strengthen you, that he will help you, that he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. Like, if you're not quite sure how you should be praying for a friend or for a family member or an acquaintance or someone you know, like, like, like pray God's word. I don't think you can go wrong when you do that. Pray God's word. So I want us as a church to, to be the kind of people who are praying uh, for one another. And so I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. Uh, I want you to uh, take out your phone, your cell phone if you have them. Um, you guys have cell phones? I think so. Who still has a landline? Anyone? 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 Okay. 
right? So you don't, let me just preface what I'm going to say. You, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. Uh, some of you don't know me, but uh, I'm going to give you my telephone number, my cell phone number. Maybe this is a bad idea because I'm, ba- I'm reading a book on boundaries. This might come back to bite me. But <laughs> here's my cell phone number, right? 704-644-9939. And that's my cell phone number. So I want to pray for you. Like, I want to pray for you. Like, dur- like, during the week on, like, a Wednesday afternoon or a Thursday morning, I want to pray for you. And some of you I know pretty well, and, and others I, I don't. And so sometimes I struggle, like, what, what should I be praying for? What should I be praying about? Would, would you text me your, your name? Because I might not have you in my phone. Just say, hey, James, this is, you know, this is Billy. And I want you to be praying for me for, for this. Right, would you, would you do that? If you don't want me to have your cell phone number, if you're like, James, I've been here for two weeks, and that's weird. Um, I, don't, I don't want your cell phone number. Like, that's fine. Like, there, on the table in the back, when you leave, there's a connection card, and there's a, a section on there that says prayer request. Would you do me a favor, and if, if you don't feel comfortable sending me a text, just, like, write your prayer request on, on that little connection card, and just leave it on the table. I'll get it, because I want to I pray for uh, you. And then lastly, this morning, I want you just to, um, to look around and think about three people. Maybe they're not here this morning, uh, but just commit to praying for three of your brothers and sisters. I just say three, three people in this house, in this congregation. And maybe you don't know three. Again, maybe you're, maybe you're new and you're trying to figure it out. But um, just commit to pray for three people and send them a text or an email or a phone call and find a verse and say, man, I'm, I'm praying this over your life now. I'm praying that God would move and act in this way, okay? So text me that, that prayer request if you would. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, fill out a connection card on the, on the back table with your prayer request. I'll get it and I'll pray for you, and then commit to pray for, for three people in, uh, in this house, in this church family. Okay, would you do that?